0: Um, I always wish that when Michael stabbed her in the back with that little scalpel and lift her up, I wish I could, like, crawl under and look up her her skirt. (laughs) (laughs) You're (laughs) such a little perv. I just want to see what's doing under there. (laughs) Oh. It wasn't winter, so it might be... Nah, never mind. When Mr. Garrett gets the claw hammer to the skull yeah love that scene and then later on she sees him hanging and i often wondered actually you know i watched these all just a couple of weeks ago and, and i was wondering at the time when she's climbing through the window and right before she climbs through the window she sees his body hanging there like does she realize that he didn't die that way That he had a claw hammer to the skull hopefully she doesn't think he committed suicide because that'd just be sad what? These are the things that go through my mind oh when, my I'm God. <laughs> when I'm watching. I think she wondered what was on the craft service table. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So here we are, Halloween Kills, released 40 years after Halloween 2, 1981. 40 years after the first one was Halloween 2018, and now Halloween Kills is 40 years after the second one. Um, So this is the third Halloween in this new uh, timeline. It's part two or three. It's the second one of the trilogy, but the third one of this new timeline. I don't know, I guess it's like the third Halloween 2. And it's the second Halloween 3? I don't know. Too confusing. Let's all... I think we know what it is, so let's just move on. So this picks up after the events of 2018's Halloween. The kid finds Hawkins, who was stabbed in the throat and run over by a car, and somehow miraculously survived uh, for this movie. I do not know how that is possible, but okay. Then we get right to the 1978 flashback awesome scene the alleyway would have been way cooler if it was the same exact alleyway from Halloween 2 where we see Loomis say shot him six times but this alley was pretty cool too we get Lonnie extended scenes much like the movie Dr. Sleep the new thing is to just recast everybody in flashback scenes like when they recasted Jack Nicholson in Dr. Sleep Uh, That was jarring to me because I didn't know who he was for a second. And then after the conversation started, I was like, oh, that's Jack Nicholson? Okay. Uh, So the thing about plopping faces on other actors with CGI like they did a la um, Star Wars, whatever. I don't even know which one. They kind of all blend together now. Uh, Whenever they put Princess Leia's old face in those flashback scenes, they don't um, do that anymore I I don't it might be a money issue or something like that I have no idea but now it's just recast and that's it and we all should just go with it I guess so we get the Lonnie extended scene like I said I think it would have been a much bigger payoff this whole flashback with Lonnie if the real Lonnie Lamb came back for Halloween kills but no that, that wasn't actually him Watching it, I thought it was, because I don't know that actor, you know me, I'm not good with actors, so I thought that was the real Lonnie Lamb all grown up, but no, that's just a regular actor, portraying Lonnie Lamb the same way Michael Anthony Hall is portraying Tommy Doyle and not, um, Brian Andrews. So, with this whole scene with Lonnie, what the fuck is up with this redhead kid's hair? I mean, wow, was he like Sideshow Bob for Halloween that year? That's kind of impossible though, right? Awesome to see the classic Myers house looking identical to part one. This time we actually get to see the dead dog. And either Michael or a skunk definitely killed that dog. And when um, he says I guess he was hungry or he got hungry in, in part one, I don't think he meant that Michael was eating the dog out. Like ate his guts out the way uh, coyotes eat out deer. I think um, he meant Michael got hungry for you know, bloodlust, but, uh, I think Rob Zombie took that, literally, and had, uh, Michael eating a dog or something in, in Halloween 2, but, yeah, I don't, I don't take it that way. So, the cop was attacked by pot-belly Michael Myers. His partner goes to save him and shoots him in the throat. I mean, uh, I appreciate you trying to help, but, God, you're a horrible shot. I mean, damn, uh, did this guy skip, like, those target practice exercises or something? Uh, Michael's right in front of him, and he, he misses and shoots through the window, and he's right in front of him again when he's walking down the stairs, just walking, and the guy shoots twice and and doesn't even come close. I mean, God. And later on, that other cop helps him cover up the situation by swapping his gun out with the cop he killed, so how will they explain the other three bullets fired One through the window and the two in the wall by the stairs. I mean, are they going to say the cop shot his own throat and then proceeded to fire off three more rounds? Fake Loomis has the most ridiculous and unnatural delivery I have ever heard in my life. Listen back to him shouting and all that about, Michael, like, in the background when all the police are showing up. It was so unnatural and the just terrible... Terrible delivery. People made fun of Loomis, the real Loomis, when he was like, You don't know what death is. And, uh, He shot him six times. I shot him in the HUD. I, 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 he's not human. And all that. Or, uh, He's gone. Evil's gone from here. He's gone. I'm sorry. That was better than, than this. I mean, this was... back! God awful. Oh my god. And the dude playing fake Loomis in this movie is already, this weekend, I'm, I'm recording this on October 22nd, and this guy right now is already at a table signing autographs for $60 a pop for what he did in this movie. I mean, that was fast. I mean, Jesus, dude, the movie came out a week ago. And here you are, already cashing in. But hey, who am I to say how people make money? It's just, it just seems, uh it's a little bit of a turnoff for whatever, I don't know. Maybe I just need some distance. Maybe it was like, it's cool to me to see people from like, wow, a movie from 1984 and the guy's here, the original guy who did this. Wow, yeah, I'll get an autograph, dude, that's amazing, you were great, but... A guy who just did something? But I know it doesn't make sense because I met Sons of Anarchy people and I think that's perfectly fine. But something about this, especially with such a small role and the fact that I didn't like it much. But he looks really good, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It all just doesn't sit well with me. But that's just me. Then we get a cool recreation of Michael standing in front of the Myers house with all the cops surrounding him. And then Loomis stands behind him. then it's supposed to, be, obviously supposed to be the exact shot of Halloween 1 when Michael's standing there with a knife after his dad pulls the mask off and the camera just slowly pans and everyone's still. That's what that's a recreation of. Um, it comes off a little better in here and a, a little better artistically here than in, in Halloween 1. It comes off more as just odd because you know what Carpenter's going for, but it just seems odd or something. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, Tommy... Lonnie, Lindsay, and Marion all reside in Haddonfield. For what reason, I have no idea why they're still there, I have no idea why Marion is hanging out with these people. Marion was 20 years older than those kids. At what age and why would she ever hang out with them? The woman who drove Loomis to Smith's Grove, and that is it, hooks up with these kids I guess I always to assume that there were like Michael Myers survivors uh, meetings and stuff like that, and they all just kind of met each other in there or something, and she befriended them? But like again, what age was she? Just like oh wow, these little kids, huh? And like we're supposed to think that she like mentored them or like I don't know, took them under her wing? What wing? She she just survived a guy stealing a car. I, it's just it's just very strange and very forced. I mean, these kids were nine years old and Marion was going on 30. It just, it doesn't seem like they would ever hang out. Tommy was, uh, that was a great recasting. Along with Lonnie, they were both really good. Anthony Michael Hall gave an outstanding performance, unlike Paul Rudd. Michael Myers hid in the gun rack. What am I going to do with a gun rack? Mike Myers once asked that question. And Michael Myers answered his question. I'm going to hide in it. Michael gets out of the house and murders uh, a slew of firemen. And Halloween Kills uh, was under fire for that thing. People wanted to... They created a petition to remove that scene because you're killing first responders and stuff like that. Uh, Dudes, where have you been? We've been murdering teachers, police officers, doctors, nurses... Plenty of people who are quote-unquote good people and do good things. I mean, but again, this has been going on for years. It's ridiculous. Lori is back in a hospital for the third time for that character. Halloween 2, Halloween 2, and Halloween whatever this is. Allison is way more likable in this film. But man, is this chick losing her hair or something? I mean, I cannot stop staring at that forehead. Michael in the old black and white couple's house. Great segment. Michael kills his wife with a huge light bulb. Michael then proceeds to completely unnecessarily ram every knife that they own through the husband's back. So apparently Cameron, the asshole boyfriend who made out with the hot piece of ass in the Halloween party in 2018, is the son of Lonnie Lamb. I mean, this is getting incestuous. On the news, they show two escape mental patients' faces while they talk about the murders, yet fail to mention that one of the men is Michael fucking Myers. The one woman thinks Michael is in the backseat of her car. That was the same black couple in 2018, if you remember right before Michael went on his little killing spree in Haddonfield. They were the two that were getting in their car and the guy said he forgot the keys, then he said, Oh, I have the keys on me, I didn't realize. That's them. I bet you were hoping they would come back for the sequel. Marion's odd delivery of Evil Dies Tonight right before Tommy walks out to that car is so forced and unnatural and terrible. But Evil Dies Tonight. They do a lot of that in this movie. A lot of they keep repeating things that they're even repeating things from their own movie, which is odd. Like, the 2018 movie, when Loomis is like, It has to die. It has to die. All of a sudden, everyone's like, It has to die. It has to die. And evil dies tonight. Evil, like, it's just nothing anybody would say. It's just not natural. There's a lot of heavy-handed writing. I mean, the, the pencil went through the paper on these things. It is unbelievable. Michael was not in the car, it was the mental patient from the 2018 movie with the umbrella. I knew you were hoping he'd come back too. The gay couple lives in the old Myers house. The dude, one of the dudes is from Mad TV, who plays Stuart and the memes for this is just great. So Aisha from Cobra Kai pretends to choke on a razor blade. So the kids can go in their house and steal candy. They are the Halloween 3 kids from the 2018 movie who have the pumpkin, witch, and skull mask. I love how Karen says, but we got him. We shot him in the face and burned him. So he'll never kill anybody again. Uh, that is hilarious. And then you get this horrible reaction from Allison after the the black dude in the cowboy hat tells Uh, Karen, that Michael's still alive, Uh, were to assume that that other interviewer told Allison that Michael's still alive and then you get this horrible just cut like slam cut of Allison going WHAT? But it was the kind of WHAT that would never it would never be delivered that way had she actually gotten that news. Next time you see her yell that, just picture him saying, Michael's still alive, and imagine that reaction and see how well that gels together. Here, watch. Let's try it out. He didn't. It was his doctor. Michael's doctor. He is the one that he took him there. He knew where to go. And he's the one that brought them together. Allison, uh... Michael Myers is actually, uh... He's still alive. What?! He's, uh... He's still alive. Tommy's organizing groups of people that care. That when Cameron delivered that line, I literally laughed out loud in the theater and so did my friends with me. There's something so cheesy and cornball-y about this whole thing. Like... Tommy, he's he's just organizing a group of people that care and and, and we're going to go. And it's just like, this sounds weird. And then Tommy is like, excuse me, I need some good people who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, who are okay with killing a a random stranger who we believe killed four people. But we have no evidence and there was no conviction. We need some good people and uh, all, and we're people who care. It was just very cheesy. It was very odd. I just I, I just did not expect that type of um, dialogue in this movie. So the whole uh, kids in the park and truck sequence, epic. Michael smashes the the passenger window uh, next to Marion again, but this time he didn't have a little plunger thingy in his hand like he did in 1978. Uh, I am so glad I did not watch the trailer for this movie because, wow, I would have been totally spoiled um, when Marion says, Michael, this is for Dr. Loomis, and then she shoots the gun and there are no more bullets in it. I was I had the reaction I was supposed to have, and I would have totally known that was going to happen if I saw the trailer. I had no idea the old Myers house was in this movie. I had no idea fake Loomis was in this movie. I didn't know that. There were so many little moments that the trailer uh, gives away that I I had no idea when I was watching. And it would all paid off because it worked for me because I wasn't spoiled. So don't do that. Michael stabbing the the nurse dude or whatever he was in the eye is epic. The fact that his eye is still above that knife and that we just kept the camera on him is amazing. Then his wife proceeds to, to walk back over to the, the truck and just aimlessly shoot that gun. Uh, I guess she absolutely knew for sure that both Marion and her husband were killed already. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, that was pretty dangerous shooting. Um, very haphazardly. And Michael opening the door, knocking the gun to twist it and and blow her own head off. Epic. Lindsay smashes Michael's head with a, a brick, a bunch of bricks and a, a pillowcase. Then runs and hides. And I love Lori bragging about killing Michael to Karen, who doesn't inform her that he's alive. Wow. And watching Cameron hunt down Michael in a long skirt is laughable. I mean, there couldn't be a scene where he ripped that thing off and he had a pair of shorts under it? Nothing? No? Sheriff Brackett, I mean, him being in the movie is epic, but, uh, yeah... He gives the line. I already told the guy, my daughter was killed 40 years ago, so I wasn't around to blow his head off. And that was cool. That was cool. But then we'll get to something. So Tommy uh, gets everybody riled up in the hospital. Starts again with the evil dies tonight. I don't know how he remembered that Marion said that in the bar, but okay. I guess he said, wow, that's a pretty good. That's pretty catchy. We'll just use that as the theme of the night. And then the lady, some weird ladies, like evil dies tonight. Uh, that was so awkward, and we all had a good laugh in the theater. Then Brackett ruins his little appearance by once again repeating his line he just said three minutes ago about his daughter being killed forty years ago. Uh, yeah, I know we we were there. You, you just you just said that. I mean, do do you want to write anything else for Brackett? Lori stabbing herself in the ass was hilarious. Gay Couple Segment 2, Big John, Little John. Big John had a small knife and Little John had a big knife. So they were being ironic. The weird mental patient comes in the hospital saying, Help me. They believe a 5'5", 250-pound man is Michael. For whatever reason, cutting back to... Big John being stabbed in the armpit and his eyes pushed in, Little John discovers his lover, his best friend, his everything, on the ground, dead, with his eyes pushed in, in a puddle of blood. Then he proceeds to get up, look at the asshole looking out the window, and actually says, Michael, you've come home, is that what you would do if you saw the love of your life? If I walked in the in the room when me and my wife were just looking for someone in our house to see her fucking dead, I think all the life would leave my brain and, and, and face and I would just look up and see who did it looking out of a window and and just instantly go over there and ram a fucking knife through his head. To think that this guy will have some ceremonial meeting with Michael and say, Michael, you've come home? Like, are you kidding me? Wow. Heavy-handed does not begin to describe this script. Not saying it's a bad movie, but wow. Some of these lines, wow. Lori realizes the mental patient is not Michael, but the mob continues to chase the mental patient seemingly endlessly through the hospital. This whole segment reminded me of Rob Zombie's Halloween 1, where Michael was breaking the walls and ceiling with that 2x4 looking for Lori. I mean, it just kept going and would not end. And that is exactly how I felt in this hospital. How can you lose the guy that quickly? He was among everybody. How does he elude that many people for so long? To the point where he was even hiding around a corner and was able to hang out there. He ditched them that quickly? Weren't they right near him when they first saw him? He jumps to his death, resulting in a gruesome splatter shot. I mean, ugh, gross. So all poor Michael really wants is to simply go home. That's his only real goal. The 34 murders were all a result of those people interfering with his goal. Lonnie Lamb finally has the guts to enter Michael's home at 50 years old. He tells his son he will meet him at the finish line, which is apparently in the ceiling attic drop-down door where Michael stuffed him in record time after that gunshot went off. Unless that bang before the music on the record player started, unless that little thump you heard was was that happening. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, I, just weird. So Michael props the gay couple in the opposite poses that were in their little picture together. And now people are claiming Michael Myers is homophobic. I mean, wow. I just love being alive in today's society. I really do. This is just awesome. Cameron sees his dad, gets stabbed by Michael before Michael blatantly rips off my Friday the 13th Nine Lives Jody kill by slamming Allison's head on the banister of the stairs and throwing her down the stairs. I did it first, just so you know. Go watch Friday the 13th, Nine Lives. You'll see. I invented that kill. They totally stole that from me. I know this might have been filmed uh, before my movie, but I think somehow they still stole it. Then the laugh out loud slamming of Cameron's head into the stairs post takes place. Karen saves her daughter by ramming a pitchfork through Michael and steals his mask. She leads him to an angry mob who proceeds to... Beat the ever-loving shit out of Michael. Put five or six more bullets in him. But first, we, of course, have to get Sheriff Brackett's line, Hey, Michael, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. That would have been epic, um, but number one, heavy-handed, forced, unnatural. I love how everybody was quiet, so he could say that. The theater I was in had no reaction to that line. You would think somebody would cheer or something or clap or whatever, because it was a big moment in every Halloween one one's fans' life. Uh, but no, it was totally silent, just like in the movie. There wasn't even like a everyone's entitled to one could scare, like leading into a score that would start ramping up for everybody to beat the shit out of this guy. No, it was just odd and awkward but i'm still glad to see the dude there when i met him in like 2017 or 18 he was awesome but i mean let's just say i'm wrong and it wasn't forced did he like remember saying that in halloween one or something like why would he have said that is he like hey remember you know what you know what i said that one day 40 years ago i bumped into laurie and i said this pretty cool thing so I'm, I'm gonna i'm just gonna say it again here like yeah so am i wrong i don't know Laurie explains that he becomes more powerful with every kill. Well, damn, he must be a lot stronger than he was in Halloween 1. That was like five kills. I mean, uh, this movie alone was like 34 in 2018. I mean, damn. Michael kills Sheriff Brackett. Tommy Doyle goes to finish the job after Michael gets back up with a bat. Tommy, have you been paying attention to the last 10 minutes? Tommy, of course, gets Fucking murder. Karen walks up the stairs past the two completely ignored dead bodies, the father and son combination in the Myers house. You know, no one is attending to these two dead bodies for whatever reason. I have no idea. She's able to walk right past this whole crime scene, walks up to Michael's bedroom or Judith's bedroom, stares out the window after having an illusion that Michael was in the window and then gets stabbed by Michael. So after he killed everybody in the street, maybe a block away or wherever it was, nobody followed Michael to the Myers house where he must have entered through the back door or something. Went up the st- Isn't there only one flight of stairs up there? How the hell could he have walked up there with no one knowing it? How is it possible? There's no way in the world he could be up there. Did he, like, scale the side of the house or something and go in through a wh- I... I have no idea what's happening here. Why would Michael even go back before all the cops and people left? I have no idea. I'm totally lost on this ending. But supposedly, the Blu-ray will have alternate endings, and that might be a good thing. So, of course, I did this review in classic Skeleton Crew fashion to uh, mostly make light of and and fun and have a good time with this and laugh at it, but uh, the truth is I really do like this movie. Um, The only things I find different... I watched it about four times now because I have Peacock. The only thing I um, don't care for anymore... I fast-forward the scene where the black girl thinks that Michael's in the backseat of her car because it's a very long build-up to nothing, and, and I know that already, so I don't need to relive that on any level. So I just keep forwarding that whole moment until, you know, he crashes it and, and that's the end of that or whatever. Then I also, for and it's weird, I guess I just don't like this mental patient because then I, for the entire moment of him being chased through the entire hospital and and Karen holding his hand and putting him in that those two doors, and then him, I just, I press play again when he jumps off the building. And that's it. But I can't watch that whole thing. It was just not done properly. It was executed poorly. Um, it gives me anxiety. It's a waste of time. It's, it's just not something that I, I enjoy re-watching. But so barring um, all of, I guess, that one mental patient's stuff, which I do like the theme of it, how, you know, it turned Haddonfield into the mob. You know, Michael turned them into the monsters. Um, I do appreciate that. I really do. I just don't like your execution. So besides that... I would give this movie extremely high ratings. I loved Michael. I loved the kills. I loved the atmosphere, the lighting. The performances were outstanding. The characters—I liked even Allison's boyfriend. I liked everybody in this movie, except for maybe that the doctor and um, nurse uh, couple who got in their car in 2018. I don't like the guy. The, the chick was okay. I don't like—I don't like the husband though. Other than that really good movie my overall rating i will not put too much weight into the mental patient i don't like so i will give this i will give it a 4.5 out of 5 i really like it to love it i would have loved it if um that mental patient's scenes were not so unrewatchable thanks for listening guys i hope you enjoyed the first um real kind of solo cast i did hopefully you got the same skeleton crew vibe you always did. Um, and, uh, you dig what you heard and we could, uh, go ahead and do more of these things. Uh, so yes, that was Halloween Kills. Thanks so much. Happy Halloween. I'm going to release this a few days earlier than Halloween. Um, just because, and, uh, well, basically because the movie came out in, uh, on the 15th and I'm I'm not gonna wait 15 days to release this thing you know what I mean pretty much gonna release as soon as I get this all wrapped up and tidied up so there you go have a good one guys happy Halloween glad to be back